Hi, and welcome to Under an Open Heaven podcast. We are glad you are joining us as we explore the reality of God's love expressed in Scripture and our own personal experiences. Thanks for joining us today as we explore the reality that we live under an open heaven. Enjoy! Hey, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Arthur Richardson, and I've got with me, Welcome Jones, as always. We're glad to have you back. This is the last of our marathon. Woot woot. Uh, we said in the beginning of this season that we were going to be doing a marathon, so... Uh, this is the last of our three <laughs> episodes that we are doing tonight in one day <laughs> in one day. So, um, yeah, just, just since we're like, we're at the last one, you want to just like hop in, hop into the conversation. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So this is actually not going to be a parable. What we're going to be talking about today, it's actually going to be a miracle. So this is going to be the first of our season. That's a miracle. So we've been covering parables and now we're going to do our first miracle so uh this is pretty exciting this is actually one of my absolute favorite miracles besides the resurrection on that day as evening drew on he said to said to them let us cross to the other side leaving the crowd they took him with them in a boat just as he was and other boats were with them a violent squall came up and waves were breaking over the boat so that it was already filling up Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Be quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe. And said to one another, Who then is this, whom even the wind and sea obey? Yeah, I love, love this miracle so much. <laughs> there's there's a lot of different ways we could go about this. Um, I think the easiest way, I think, would be taking this in a spiritual context. We'll, so we'll go f- spiritual first. Does that sound good? Yeah, so... Uh, the calming of the sea of of life, right? So in the last in the, or in the first episode, I I had spoke about sea being something of chaos. You know, in the Hebrew mindset, the sea was something uncontrollable, unknown, scary, chaotic. Um, and honestly, especially in this sea, it was like squalls were not uncommon. Um, it wasn't uncommon that a, a little boat would be out a squall would come up and wreck it and they would die. Um, that was not uncommon. Um, so you can understand why this would be scary, but, um, the chaos itself, the sea representing chaos can be just as scary. It can like overturn our lives, fill it up with things we don't want. You know, it can make us feel very terrified in many different ways, you know, um, and we can look around and say, Jesus, where are you? Why are you asleep on the cushion? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever felt that way? I guess that that's, that's kind of my question. Oh like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, when, when things in life are going crazy and nothing is making sense, you're like, God, what the heck? <laughs> where, where, are you, where are you at, man? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely felt that a lot. Um, <laughs> What I love about this is that the phrase, this phrase, they took him with them in the boat 
just as he was. And I mean, obviously if he was sleeping through the storm, it means he was pretty tired, you know? So like having this mindset of, uh, Jesus being kind of tired almost cracks me up. I've heard, I've heard, um, other sources such as encounter school Ministries, speak that Jesus was actually just so aware of the peace in heaven that he wasn't aware of the chaos on earth. And like, that's kind of nice. I kind of get that. But also at the same time, I almost want to say, no, he was just tired. You know, actually come to think of it <laughs> as you mentioned, just as he was, that's a kind of a strange phrase. Cause like, well, let's consider, um, if you're on a first century boat yeah, and, uh, you're going out to sea. generally they didn't dress up to the nines because they don't they mm-hmm. didn't have many pairs of clothes Mm-mm. and plus uh say they were to capsize clothes would weigh them down mm-hmm. so not only would they uh be forced to take off their their clothes in order to swim so they wouldn't be weighed down they would lose their clothes mm-hmm. so uh generally they would wear something probably less valuable or just wear less in general yep. in order to get on the boat so they took him on the boat as he was meaning he was probably wearing his regular clothes which could have been a robe and a tunic and uh, that means that Jesus wasn't expecting or not expecting, but he wasn't Yeah, he wasn't expecting to capsize. Right. He wasn't <laughs> he wasn't preparing for the worst. Right. So they took him on the boat regardless. Right. Just as he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So I guess that does point a little bit more towards like he was more aware of the peace of heaven. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I guess the theory that encounter ministry uh, is, is more that he was so aware of the peace of heaven that like when he spoke, he was bringing heaven to earth and bringing that peace of heaven to earth. And, you know, that's really cool. I like that quite a bit. So when it comes to dealing with Jesus, especially when it comes to us always wanting to deal with the unexpected, you know, is looking at Jesus. How is he preparing us? Is he coming expecting anything or everything? Or is he coming just as he is expecting for everything to be calm, even when it feels like it might not be. Um, and I, I think that's like the, the thing is that he speaks peace at the point where we have lost it. You know, um, if we, if we look at these disciples, they, they were trying to do everything within their own power before they woke up the teacher. But then once they woke up the once they woke up Jesus, they were mad at him, you know, like, don't you care? Like you're not doing anything. Grab a freaking rope, you know, <laughs> like, right. um, but he's just like, no peace. I'm trying to think of the things that they saw him do before. Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, they saw him heal the man with a withered hand. Uh, they saw him do a bunch of healings, a healing, the paralytic Simon's mother-in-law, Cured a demoniac. demoniac. Yeah. They heard a paralytic. So yeah, bottom line, they witnessed him do a lot of amazing things, a lot of miracles. And, mm-hmm. um, so they were, they were there to witness him when things weren't bad. And so they were like, why is he being inactive now? What's going right. on? Uh, so they, they had witnessed the awesome goodness and the power of God in him. Right. And now it seemed like he was, a, you know, he, he was asleep. And they felt that their lives were in peril. And yeah, I mean, like if you're on a boat and there's a massive mm-hmm. storm, you're like, all right, definitely not the time to be sleeping. Yeah. But um, yeah. And when he says, 
uh, quiet. You know, when he tells, when he says quiet, be still, I think he wasn't just speaking to the wind. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he was also speaking to the apostles. Yeah. He's like, shut your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, more or less. But I mean, he immediately turns after he like quiets the wind. He was like, all right, now you be quiet, (laughs) more or less. Right. Uh, Because he he does. He kind of rebukes him. He's like, why were you, what's the deal? Why were you terrified? Mm -hmm. Don't you have faith? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Man, you know, a lot of times, like whenever I uh, get out of a period of time when I feel terrified, when I feel like uh, things are just going crazy and when I get out of it and it's clear, you know, the skies have cleared and I'm able to see where I've been and Mm -hmm. now where I am. And I'm like, wow, yeah, I definitely didn't put myself here. (laughs) God put me here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like him almost saying like, yeah, why were you scared, man? Don't you trust me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I definitely feel that. Yeah. I mean, there have been multiple times where, um, like I felt like things that were dear to me were in peril. Um, you know, like certain relationships or even like my, my health or my ability to perform in a sport or in school or whatever. Um, whenever that was in jeopardy, you know, I felt the anxiety go crazy. And like my, my thought was blaming God, like, well, why aren't you doing something? And the reality was, is that I was just freaking out trying to do it all, you know? And I think this is kind of God telling us to take a different approach, right? Do the unexpected, see how I move. Like the father or uh, Jesus says that I don't do anything that I don't see the father doing. So Jesus was aware of the father calming the storms. His disciples were not. They're supposed to be learning from him. So it's keeping this in mind, how like when we're looking at our practical, like everyday issues that are overwhelming, like I'll throw out an example. Uh, there was actually one point in my college career uh, that <laughs> I was taking Latin. Yeah. So mm-hmm. a very difficult language to learn. I am not the most language language. Um, proficient person i'm not very good with languages in general um but uh yeah i was there was a good threat of me not being able to pass the class and i needed the class in order to graduate and i was in a really tough spot and i was told i might not be able to pass and i should probably drop the class and on my way back home i actually had a panic attack on 75 a big interstate highway in the middle of construction um with a lot of crazy traffic and like crazy drivers and patient yeah so i mean like like i had a like a little breakdown like i snapped a little bit and i like i remember like there was that in that moment i kind of like lost my a good amount of trust in god Mm -hmm. you know of like i don't see you moving i don't see you fixing this like what the crap you know and I also remember at that same moment, him just saying, God saying, you need to call somebody. You need to call, you need to call Gabby. So I called, she was at that point, my fiance. And like, she actually was able to, through her actual, her training, um, you know, in psychology, was able to like kind of talk me down a little bit. And I was able to get back on the road 
and make it home. And, you know, like that actually bonded us a little bit stronger and I was able to push on and I did, I was able to pass the class. And honestly, I started approaching it very differently. I started approaching Latin in the sense of like, Lord, give me the gift of tongues. Lord, give me the gift of tongues. Let me speak this language. Let me be able to like comprehend it, at least for this amount of time. And in all honesty, like there were moments of like angelic understanding of what was being said. Like actually for my final exam, I got what I needed to get in order to pass the class. And like, I remember being able to translate like two full paragraphs pretty easily. Like I had a pretty good idea of what was being said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I had to take a different approach. I had to take a more mystical approach in in solving the problem. You know, the very like practical day to day issue of fear of failure <laughs> and having to take a different approach. You know, I mean, I still put in a lot of work in with studying and all of that. Not just not to say that I didn't do my end of it, but I definitely felt the Lord, um, just like pushing through and all of that. Yeah, if you have thoughts. I do have thoughts. I was thinking back to I. So there was an instance where I did have a I had a panic attack in the middle of an exam. Mm. Great stuff. Mm. Uh, it was my analytical chemistry class, and this mm. is I'm I'm currently in my advanced analytical chemistry class. Mm. Uh, I think I got a lot more confidence this time around. Um, a lot more relaxed, a lot more chill. But during analytical chemistry, I think it was our first exam. My teacher uh, was out of town, so he was having like his his wife was giving birth. Oh, wow. And uh, so we had a proctor in our exam and stuff like that. And so the environment had changed a little bit. And I didn't feel quite like I knew the the content. And mm-hmm. as soon as the exam was in front of my face, uh, and I, I, I signed my name on it and everything, and all of a sudden... That was the only question you got right. <laughs> right, yeah. All of a sudden, uh, there, there was a few problems that I was able to work through at first, and then, like, fog memory just stopped working oh no uh in my i had this weird experience of time that so you might have you might have like a dream experience of this like you're you're stuck in like sand or water and you can't move through it it's almost like your efforts are like just being drained out of you well i experienced this in real time in real life (laughs) that that uh i tried to think really really hard but my mind was just not focusing Wow. And uh, my mind was just not going anywhere. And I checked my time and like it, what felt like two minutes was actually like 10 minutes. And I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? You know? Uh, and I, I, I kind of came to terms with the fact that like, oh, I'm, yep, I failed this exam. <laughs> and at the, at the very last page I wrote like to my professor, I was like, really sorry about this. I, I honestly don't know what happened. Uh, I'll email you. And I turned it in. And, uh, yeah, I, I was still in kind of like this, this weird state of shock and I went to the adoration chapel mm-hmm. and I, I came to wrestle with the fact that I know I don't, I knew at that point that I didn't really want to be a chemist mm. and I'm, I'm finishing out the degree and I, I probably go into the industry and stuff, stuff like that. But there is this sense in my life that God's calling me to something else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I realized at that point that I discovered that i don't feel like i'm meant to be a chemist in life might be something that i do but 
It's not who you are. It's not who I am. Yeah. And uh, there was an interesting moment of peace after that. Yeah. And uh, after that, I had to, you know, talk with my professor, discuss getting back in and the possibility of getting points back somehow extra credit. Well, he allowed me to retake the exam uh, in sort of, uh, it was his research lab at that point. Uh, and he handed the exam to me. He was like, all right, just promise me you won't freak out this time. Because he's, <laughs> he's a joke. He's like, he, he jokes around. So he wasn't being like mean or anything like That's that. That's hilarious. But uh, I took the exam and I got like in uh, like in 88, 85, oh, like around 85% on it. And uh, I'm like, that was, that was weird. Um, and when I reconciled with the fact that um, what I was doing maybe it wasn't really what God was calling me to in my life, but I could still go through with it. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't this life or death sort of a thing. Um, yeah. There was peace. Yeah. And once there was peace, uh, there was pretty much no more, there was no more fear going into exams. And mm-hmm. after that point, I started actually doing pretty well on exams after that. I'm not the best test taker. Um, but after that point, there was this peace that helped me get through exams and do relatively well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, there's last one last thing that I I want to touch on and that's the actual like the fact that the, an actual storm was calmed. Mm-hmm. Um and uh <laughs> I I actually have three experiences where there was um a threat to either well, it was actually a threat to completing ministry for me or doing ministry in such a way um, because of a storm. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling prompted by Jesus to calm the storm. And I did it, like I said, in the name of Jesus, quiet, be still. And like, I w- like it was crazy. It went from like torrential downpour to like no rain. And that was insane. Yeah. That happened like three times. Like the first time I was on my way to a retreat. This actually all of them happened around a retreat. Um, actually, kind of recently, uh, mm-hmm. within like the last year and a half. But anyway, cool. it is really cool. It's crazy, and I'm not like trying to like brag, like oh I'm so holy or whatever. It you was didn't like do it. it was God. Uh, it was God exactly. <laughs> you just asked, um, you know. And and that's kind of what I'm getting at is that I uh, one I think one of the reasons why Jesus was so mad at his disciples was because he had kind of been showing them how he does miracles he watches the father and then he does it you know Mm -hmm. and he gave them space to give it a try and all they did was try to do the human thing which ended up failing and would have led to their death you know and and that's that's kind of the the i think the main point i want i i i think the lord is trying to tell me but I love the fact that they consulted him. So he's not a he's not a fisherman, he's right? A carpenter. So his his ex, his uh, expertise in boats was not that of Andrew or or of Peter or of James or John. That's true. The people who would probably be pretty qualified to handle the boat in that sort of a situation, they came up to him because they knew he could do something about it. That is true. Uh, and I think. This is sort of an example. The reason why Jesus didn't act at first immediately to calm the storm was to let us approach him yeah. and ask God, calm the storm, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, 
I yeah, I guess to clarify what I was trying to say earlier, there is an invitation that Jesus is giving us to follow his lead. He does give us power and authority. And it's when we watch how the father is doing something and we follow him and we allow God to act through us as we are watching him do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very beautiful thing when it, when it does happen. You know, I, I've only had a few handful times that it's taken place in my life, but, um, you know, miracles do happen and we will begin to see the, the things of old, the, the miracles of old begin to happen again. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, but I think also Jesus gives us room to come to him when we need to. And during the time of anxiety and the, during the time of, uh, trial, you know, the Lord wants us to come to him to find out how he, how he sees a way through it. You know, it's going to be different than we ever expected, but he will do it for us. So, yeah, I think there's a lot in this. Um, do you have any last thoughts? My last thoughts would just be um, to consider why we're so afraid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, to get to know the person of God and to trust in God. Um, over time, we don't have that much of an excuse to be afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. And if we're truly growing in that closeness to the heart of God, in trust especially, the fear doesn't come up anymore, especially in times of danger. Uh, although our lives might be threatened by something uh there's this trust that god still holds your life if if you are if you die bodily it's god you know bringing you uh into himself and if he preserves your life in the midst of danger then that's more of a reason to be joyful Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i just just in terms of uh consider why we might be actually afraid is what i was thinking anyway um do you have a challenge for us, Arthur? Yeah, I do. Uh, so I want you guys, my challenge for you is to pray with this scripture passage. Um, what is the storm in your life? And how does God want you to approach him? But even more so, how do you see the Father bringing heaven's peace into your life? And that might be going to Jesus and asking him to calm the storm. That might be the Father showing you what to do in a way that is very different, a third way, a, a, a new way, you know. But that's my challenge, is to meditate with this on what is the storm in your life that the Lord wants to calm right now. Would you like to pray? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord God, your word brings order from chaos. You venture out into our chaotic lives, Lord, in your peace, in your rest. You're teaching us through this not only how to trust, but how to speak to those messes, those chaotic forces in our lives, to bring them into order. Lord God, that is our purpose. That is our purpose that you call us to. Like in the beginning when we were in the garden, Lord, you called us to cultivate it, to bring fruit from it, to bring it into order, 
Lord, you call us to bring through your grace our lives and our world into order. In, in like this, by bringing the world into order according to your will, your love, your kingdom begins to grow. I ask in your most holy name that you pour into our hearts the peace and the trust that is required of us in order to bring peace everywhere we go. Lord, that peace in us is the light within us that no bushel basket could hope to cover. Come, Lord Jesus. Plant your word into our heart and let it grow into something big. We ask this in your most holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and God bless. Bye. Thank you all so much for joining us this week. We hope that this podcast blessed you, and we ask if it did, share that with the people that you love so that it can bless them as well. If you want to reach out to us, we are available on Facebook. We are Under an Open Heaven. Our email address is underanopenheaven.fire at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram at underanopenheaven.fire. So please go uh, give those a gander and send us any any feedback that you want. We would be happy to reply to you. God bless. Bye.